As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Law Murray because I had some questions that only Law Murray could answer. Law Murray, of course, our Los Angeles Clippers beat reporter over at the Athletic. Law, it has been an oddly quiet summer for the Clippers. I mean, I guess you could say that. Uh, odd. I, I, I lean heavily. More heavily towards the odd part of that than the quiet part. Let's just put it that way. Well, uh, I got to ask you, why have we just forgotten about James Harden? I mean, we've talked about Damian Lillard probably 50 times as much as James Harden. But James Harden is available, it seems. He, he has asked for a trade. He's on an expiring contract. Seems like we should be hearing a lot more uh, about James Harden, especially given the fact that this guy like actually plays a lot. Should be a valuable regular season piece, if nothing else, for for some of these contenders. And we know that the Clippers have some interest, and James Harden's got interest in the Clippers. But, man, why have we just heard nothing? Because he got fined, that's why. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, was that about what he said in China, or was it a bit more than that? I think it's a lot. Like, you got one team that lost draft picks, right, for doing things they weren't supposed to do the year before. And all the talk about what has happened between that offseason where the 76ers were docked to pick because of the conversations that led to James not getting more than, you know, James basically signed a one plus one 2022 offseason, right? You saw P.J. Tucker and Daniel House, former Rockets, with James join that team. The goal was we're going to win a championship. And obviously, Daryl and the organization getting fined. Teams don't like to get fined. Like, I, I know people think that, oh, it's the NBA. They're rich, like, drop in the bucket. No, teams don't like to get fined, and teams don't like to get punished with that severity because you always have to keep in mind that the league reserves the right to reopen things that are seemingly closed. And so the approach this offseason, after they changed head coaches, missed the conference finals yet again, it was they, you know, they they needed to. They, there's different priorities. 
James Priority was getting paid because he sacrificed, or in his mind, he sacrificed, right? He had this, this difficult year and everything. And the Sixers are like, we're not going to pay him, and no one else is going to pay him. You saw what happened with Ime Udoka, you know? I think that had as much to do with James played for Ime in Brooklyn. If there's one dude who was like, I'm not going to have James on a new program, it was probably going to be Ime. So that's a leverage loss for James. James has lost a lot. He didn't get to be an all-star. He didn't get his money. He didn't get to be on a championship team this year in Philly. Now, he might have got one coach out the paint, but that doesn't mean that the new coach is going to have his ear. That's Nick Nurse's situation. And so the Sixers are being quiet. James, he said what he said in China, but you know he hasn't quite said a whole lot since. Um, and I think that in the, in the Clippers, sure, heck, they, they're not the team in this situation. They are not the team that needs to make a move as far as like timing goes. They're willing to wait. They know what the calendar is. They know what the deadlines are. So that's why you haven't really heard a lot because ain't nothing for anybody to really say <laughs> at this time. Okay, so where are we then? What's the latest on, on the situation? I mean, do the Clippers have interest in bringing in James Harden? I, I'll just start there. I, th- I think here's what you need to understand about the Clippers and their kind of philosophy of things. The Clippers are a team that comes together, collaborates around the ownership, the head coach, the front office, the stars. Okay, those are four major stakeholders in terms of how personnel, in other words, everybody outside the stars and around the stars are going to fit into something. So when if you look at James and you look, it's like, okay, with James, the ownership, that's the probably least significant part. I mean, Balmer is got a pretty big priority. If you flew in the LAX or out of LAX lately, you might have seen a little stadium going up. Yeah, like... Steve's just Steve's focused on that. Like Steve is like, can we get players that are going to help bring a banner into that arena in the short term? That is pretty much it. Now you flip to the front office. The front office. Now we're really getting into personnel, right? And so Lawrence Frank has been pretty consistent about how he likes to have guards who can play around Kawhi and Paul George. That pretty much means guys who are not you know, going to dominate the ball as much. Here's what's funny about that. James is obviously the most ball <laughs> Just a dominant piece in the league, um, arguably speaking. But the thing with James also is that he's a six five big body dude too, who has the capability of being something of a threat if the ball's not in his hands. Is he a movement threat? No. But can he shoot the ball? Yes. And because of that body type, you can play different guys around him which you can't do with other guys who are smaller with the same type of skill set. We might have been talking about certain players like that throughout this summer. So now let's go to the coaching staff. To Ron Liu, we know that while the coach, while the front office will be like, yeah, we want, we like big guards or we like guards who can play off and off the ball significantly when Paul and Kawhi are running everything. T. Liu was like, you know what I'd like? A real point guard who can actually focus on ball handling and playmaking and pushing the pace. And so when it comes to Tehran, Tehran doesn't always focus on pace. Every coach loves pace, but every coach also realizes, oh, my guys are really slow and not going to run all the time. I might want to have some half court uh, competencies and, 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 and a system where everybody can play in. How that works for a guy like James is T. Lou would love to have another guy who can make pick and roll decisions. And James led the league in assists 
for crying out loud. So it's not like James, you're asking him if he were to come to LA to play for T. Lou. T. Lou would be great at putting James in position to succeed. So there's a common factor there. You got T. Lou who'd be like, I can use James. You got a front off who's like, oh, a big guard who could be another option, especially if something were to happen to Russ or something were to happen to Kawhi and or PG. There's something. You got Bomber who's like, oh, is he good? Can he help? All right, cool. And then finally it comes down to the stars. And let me tell you, Kawhi and PG, they, they've, they've talked about James. James has talked about those guys. So it all would fit as far as the major stakeholders would be concerned. I mean, it, it would give them a real innings eater guy. The only thing I'd push back on is James. James's durability hasn't been at that level, Dave. Uh, like, James hasn't played a 70-game season since 2019, since he was last playing with Chris Paul. So any anything that I've written this offseason as it relates to why I think James would be a better fit than some other small guard or or some other guard option is because you would the Clippers have a hole at the four right now I think one of the solutions that the Clippers are going to significantly have to look at is downsizing and so that means that instead of PG and Kawhi playing the two three they would probably have to play the three four and then you're going to have lineups where you're going to have more like-sized bodies one through four probably Russell Westbrook is a small guard, but that guy plays plays up as far as size goes. He's physical. He's still pretty athletic, uh, especially relative to his age. And with, with James, it's like you might ask him to play the bigger guys because of the body type that he has. James would be much more effective there than chasing some of these perimeter guys around, especially at his age and at his career workload, which I know we might talk about this later, but James is actually one of the few guys who are exempted from playing certain back-to-backs because of how many career games and minutes that he's played. Kawhi and Paul and even Russell Westbrook don't fit that. Russ doesn't fit it because he doesn't have the accolades. Uh, The Sars don't fit it because they don't have the games and the minutes. So that is going to be interesting to see, like, if they could get James and keep Kawhi and Paul, which that's why you would be interested. You would never give up Kawhi and PG to just get a shot at James. It's like, well, how are you going to play with all those guys at the same time? Well, two things you got to keep in mind. One, the downsizing. And two, it's just a starting lineup. Starting lineups, I wrote a story about this uh, to begin uh, September. Starting lineups don't play much more than 10, 15 minutes together a game. Okay, and that's when everybody's available. There are several games, Dave, where you know that starting lineups (laughs) for (laughs) one guy or another, not even available. You well, can mix and match. And the Clippers, I mean, listen, I mean, let's let's just be honest here. Part of this is that they they would likely manage Harden's uh, workload. You know what I mean? It would be exactly. in their best interest to He'd be to part of the guys him, that you manage. Yeah, to bring him down uh, a little bit as far as minutes and and even total games played. So you, you're right. Like, that, that 75 games number is probably pie in the sky, but they wouldn't want it anyway. Most likely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So as far as, again, let's talk about the, the fit. I mean, you know, would they, would your best lineup have Harden, Kawhi, and Paul George in it? Most likely, I guess, going into camp today, you know, if you added him without, we'll say this theoretical piece, the, they don't lose anybody. You know, what does it look like? Is I mean, he's part of their top five, I'm assuming. I would think I would think he would be. Uh, I think they would try and explore what it would look like to have Russ, James, 
PG, Kawhi, and Avita Zubats. Avita Zubats is like, I said there was one starting spot that was open for the Clippers going into camp. Um, the, the point guard, Russ, the two stars on the wing, PG and Kawhi. Avita Zubats, even though they re-signed Mason Plumley, look at what the number they got Mason Plumley back for and what they extended Zoo for the previous offseason. Zoo is a rock-solid starter. He's a rim protector, one of the better rim protectors in the league. If you, if you look positionally, he does a great job. And when that dude is just asked to finish possessions, he's, he's really good at that. Like, obviously, Zoo's quite limited. You don't want him to do anything outside the paint. He's not one of the stronger passers in the league. Uh, he's not the most mobile guy in the league. But that dude is young, durable, and just incredibly good difference-making. You want to know why the Sacramento Kings dropped 176 points in that one double overtime game? You know who wasn't playing? The Vince Zubat. So that is a position that is set. James is, like, if you if you add James, your goal is to consolidate some of the slot Sam you have at the four, and then, like, you know, you're going to have a spot open because Marcus Morris Sr. has been the starting four for this team anytime he's been healthy for pretty much his entire Clippers tenure. Uh, there's very... There's, there are instances where he hasn't been including the end of this past regular season and the beginning of the playoffs, but uh, that's the spot. And you would have had James there from a lineup perspective. Kawhi and PG, the difference between those guys and so many other stars in the NBA, those guys came into the league being off-ball players. Okay, Paul George, when Frank Vogel had to take over for Jim O'Brien rookie season, Paul was barely even allowed to shoot the damn ball. And Kawhi came up under pop. If you got like those are great stars to be like, OK, if we need you on the ball heavy, obviously they're great at doing that. But those guys love to pick their spots and they actually welcome that. That's why both of those guys were like, hey, let's have a real point guard here, even though you guys think it might be less efficient. Sometimes it's making those guys more sustainable because those guys not just have to focus on what their role is off the ball offensively, but then defensively. Those guys are your best defenders and your best rebounders. There's a workload component to all of that. You talk about innings eating, right, Dave? James would be the guy who, if those guys need a break or those guys want to run different actions, you're going to ask Kawhi to be in the mid post. You're going to ask Paul George to come off screened actions. James is a guy who can run all that stuff and allow those guys to focus on getting to their spots. Yeah, and, and in addition it, to Russ, and and do it without coughing the ball up too much, which is just you know valuing the basketball is really important. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, let's move on from this theoretical James Harden, you know, trade to the Clippers and talk a little bit about a piece that you wrote over at The Athletic because we've been making jokes about the Clippers and the player arresting policy since this policy dropped. And you wrote that this is actually an NBA problem, not just a Clippers problem. Like this is 
pervasive throughout the league. And you actually had the numbers to back it up, which I appreciate. Right. And shout out to John Krasinski too, man. John, John K, he took, he had another approach to it, you know, like, cause John talked about the business of the league and, and where we are as far as selling the game. Uh, the NBA is in a really interesting spot where these TV contracts are coming up. You got a new in-season tournament to get people to pay attention more to the game before the playoffs and before all the, you know, when we're not talking about transactions, because a big part of the NBA conversation is, of course, who's going to change teams and whatnot. And the fact that so many guys change teams, it, it leaves a lot of these fans who are fans of one team kind of out the out the dust a little bit because those guys keep you're not building with one team as much. Uh, ironically, the one team that has guys that have been building for a while is the Golden State Warriors. And those dudes, when you think about like load management, it's like them dudes sat healthy dudes multiple times in the same NBA market, New Orleans. I remember that. You know, Steve Kerr had to talk about what he's doing. And then he was like, you know what? The NBA needs to shorten the season or whatever. Stephen Curry multiple times was like, yeah, you guys got to understand this ain't about the players. And that's where I come in covering the Clippers. I mean, I've covered this team for the athletics since January of 2021. Nobody has seen uh, less as far as the potential amount of games I could have covered with Paul and Kawhi playing the mini. <laughs> right. Like, I'm. I, I spent a whole season the missed games, <laughs> bro. I spent a whole season going coast to coast, time zone to time zone, and Kawhi didn't suit up not one time. I'm the only time I saw Kawhi was like, oh shoot, Kawhi on the trip. He's sitting, he's sitting with the team on this one. Like, dude was trying to get back from a torn ACL, and people lose that empathy for guys who want to play. I saw Kawhi come back from a torn ACL last year, and dude didn't look like. Two-time Finals MVP Kawhi until January, and people got the nerve to be like, "Oh man, Kawhi don't want to play. He he trying to sit." It's like that dude lost a year, another year, because if you remember what happened this last year in San Antonio, played nine games the whole season. It's like people have been trying to get Kawhi to be able to maximize his exceptional talent for six years now. It's going on to a seventh seventh year since uh the Zaza ankle thing, right? So. I do get a little, you know, up in my feelings a little bit about guys saying that they don't want to play. I've seen Paul George play through some crazy stuff. Well, it's easy to tar- the thing is, it's easy to target players. It's super easy. And yep. then the second easiest is sports science in general, saying and and saying, well, maybe we're going too soft on these guys. But no one ever brings up the greed involved in an eighty-two game season, and that that's actually the reality of it is that it's about the money. And the the toll on the human body, especially with the way that the NBA is played now. This is not 1980, where the majority of offense required what I don't know five feet of movement for most players, if that. I mean, in the, you know in the half mean? court, maybe them centers, dudes was running centers though. close out on three point shots from underneath the basket in today's NBA, and they yeah. do it on a regular basis. I mean, you know, this is uh, I don't know. It's not like. The equipment has gotten that much better. I guess it has, but sports science has gotten so much better that we have lost sight of the fact that the game is completely different. The, yeah. the game in the in 1980 might as well be bowling now, given the, the activity other, difference. But but you know the other thing about the 1980s versus now, we don't cover those teams and those players at the same D 
detail is now. Right. You look now, you get on your phone now, there's an NBA conversation. Somebody's probably having a Twitter spaces about some crap they saw on Twitter right now. Imagine that if that was the case. Probably the that 80s, Mike James move from the Monaco game that's, that I saw earlier, but... There's real bad. Did they keep the sprinkler happening. off? Yeah, yeah, at least there's, there's real basketball <laughs> happening right now, but not NBA stuff. But no, no. I mean, to your yeah. point, man. I mean, it. it a lot of it is uh, the way we consume media. Yeah, you we know? micromanage the game right Absolutely. now, man. Like we see any one thing we see, any one injury we see, we got so much going on. You know, like when the season starts, people are going to be hanging on the starting lineups, and and I mean, I can't tell you, Dave, how many tweets I get, but Hey man, like who who playing? Who who available tonight? You know what I'm saying? Well, Why? Because hey, of fantasy, because uh, of betting, fantasy, because of gambling, sports and gambling, all that stuff, yeah. man. Exactly. And, and 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 so that's the other thing that you're looking at, like the scrutiny of the game. Like guys are playing longer now. All those guys who were playing in the '80s, man, like they were, they'd be fortunate to have the not just playing as long. You had guys who played a long time in the '80s, but the play and the quality of play in year fifteen. You don't see that, you know, in the 80s compared to now, you know. I'm covering, I'm about to cover Russell Westbrook in year 16. People take that man for granted. We talking about James Harden. James Harden's about to enter year 15 in the NBA. And, you know, again, led league in assists last year. Uh, like, that's where we are in the NBA. That's where we are in coverage. So, yes, it would be nice to play, guys, um, as much as possible. That's the battle right now is preserving these guys. And it's a lot of guys. A lot of talent in the league, Dave. Yeah, well, also a lot of sports science is still the, like it's it's a it's in its infancy to a certain degree, yeah. and they're still figuring. Well, you saw what, out. you saw what Silver said about you know the Sudafed reference. No, I didn't. Like, okay, well, I'll, I'll catch you up. He basically said that all the whole sports science uh, conclusions are at a point where if if, if Silver felt better about it. If Silver felt like it was more conclusive, he'd be preaching that to fans. Instead, he's saying maybe they're not seeing what they want to see from that and that they're going to be pushing teams to back off uh, the scheduled rest or whatever uh, more. I'm interested to see. I'll say this. It's a team battle. It's a team battle. We don't know if if workload can necessarily, because you can't just draw a line to it. We don't know if the workload is too much. We don't know for sure that it's too many games. We don't know for sure that guys play too hard. But we do know that when people are hurt, that them playing doesn't help them get healthy. So a large part of this is just that. It's guys working through injuries who ought to be sitting. I personally don't care. I don't care about numbers and awards and all this stuff. I care about these guys being in their peak condition going into playoff time. That being said... The paying public, who you know, ostensibly I do really care about, they deserve to to know who's going to play on any given night. I think that the solution there is not some sort of, and this is the first time I've actually given an opinion on it rather than just talk through it. But the solution is fewer games. It is never going to be a policy that forces people to play, uh, or or to even do these. Maybe like you know, people have tossed out these ceremonial. Play. Like these guys are going to be Keith Bogans out there and just start the game, play eight minutes and then sit. I don't think we're <laughs> going to see that because, you know, people have a lot of pride. Also, numbers matter to a lot of people, too. So I, yeah. I, I don't think that this is going to solve anything, but I at least like uh, uh, I, I can wrap my head around the league saying, well, we've got this TV deal coming up. We need to at least give the appearance that we're trying to make this a, a, a workable thing. I, I think 
I think about it much more for the paying public that that go to the arenas and, and you know we see every year some some kid travels 800 miles on on horseback to see Steph Curry you know in in Minnesota and Steph doesn't play and then Man. we get the whole the media cycle of players don't play enough oh look what about the I, listen I I feel for everybody I, I and it's an I think your point situation I think your point about the fans and the public who are invested in their recreation and leisure, because that's what this is. For a lot of us, it's a job, it's a livelihood, but it's recreation leisure for us too. You know, like, let's just be real. The communication is what the NBA has is going to try and need from these teams. Guys are going to get hurt. So don't be, don't obfuscate the situation. Like, give clear, consistent communication. When the Clippers did get fined, the only time the Clippers got fined over the last five years, because remember, this new PPP, the, the player participation policy, is an expansion of a player resting policy that came out in 2017 when nobody was thinking about the damn Clippers. You know, no one was thinking about Kawhi and Paul George as related to that player resting policy back in 2017. They were thinking about the Warriors not playing guys on national TV. They're thinking about Joel Embiid in his first NBA season healthy playing they wouldn't play him on back-to-backs at all it's just about communication and so like if you're going to have these injury reports that say probable questionable game time decision or whatever if you're going to have guys be like oh he's he's got a sprained knee or whatever he's out indefinitely no like communicate consistently and be like make sure everybody's on the same page when the clippers got fined they didn't get fined for violating the player wrestling policy in 2019 with Kawhi leonard they got fined because Doc said some things that the league looked at and was like, okay, so the Clippers are overall doing the right thing. Kawhi has a legitimate injury, but Doc talking about certain aspects of Kawhi's injury and maintenance plan did not match up with what we saw. That's what got them fined. And that's the only thing they got them fined for. There was another team day that got fined significantly more for violating <laughs> You know, player rest and all that. It was the Dallas Mavericks, but I don't. I didn't see a whole lot of Luke and Kyrie and and all them picks describing the articles related to the player participation policy. Nope, I didn't make one single Mavericks joke this this whole week. But uh, we definitely talked about the Clippers a lot. I think we're gonna talk about the Clippers a lot this season. Law Murray, thank you very much for joining me here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeForest. Stay tuned because we'll have tampering coming up later on this week. <laughs>